In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. The text for this morning's sermon is the Gospel appointed for the Feast of the Circumcision of our Lord. The Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter, the 21st verse. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Thus far the Gospel of our Lord. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus was circumcised and named. The two go together. Long before Moses or the Ten Commandments, God established His covenant of circumcision. He commanded a man named Abram to be circumcised and to circumcise every male in his household. Along with that covenant of circumcision, God gave Abram a new name, Abraham. Abram meant father of many. Avraham means father of many nations. From then on, any male born to Abraham or his descendants was to be circumcised on the eighth day of their life. A lot of the world doesn't really know anything about the 12 days of Christmas. And for those who have heard the song and assume that there are 12 days of Christmas, many, particularly commercially speaking, uh, ignorantly make that the 12 days leading up to Christmas and they have a 12 days of Christmas sale. That is not correct. From the standpoint of the church, the 12 days of Christmas start on December 25th and this is now the 8th day after our Lord's birth. And so, as the 8th day of Christmas, as the Christ child's eighth day, we celebrate that he was on this day circumcised and named. Circumcision was not optional, and you didn't wait until they were old enough to make that decision for themselves. At one point in the Old Testament, God nearly killed Moses for not circumcising his own son. He was spared only because his wife, Zipporah, quickly drew a flint knife and circumcised the boy herself. God gave this covenant to Abraham and to his descendants. It was mandatory, but along with it, he promised them three things. They would receive the land of Canaan as an inheritance. They would be fruitful and become very numerous. You get reference to the stars in the sky or the sands on the seashore. 
And thirdly, God promised that He would be their God and through them all peoples would be blessed. When Jesus was circumcised, He was marked as one of God's people and already on this eighth day of His life, we see Him perfectly fulfilling the law of God in our place. This, by the way, is relevant to us as New Testament Christians. In Colossians 2, we read, In Him, that is, in Christ, you were also circumcised in the putting off of the old sinful nature, not with a circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with Him in baptism and raised with Him through your faith in the power of God who raised Him from the dead. What circumcision was to the Old Testament faithful, baptism is to New Testament Christians, and baptism is still more, of course. In baptism... We and our children, even as early in some cases as the eighth day of their lives, or even earlier, if there is an emergency requiring the baby to be baptized on the spot. But early on, for most of us and for most of our children, we received the circumcision done by Christ. Together with that circumcision, we receive the promised inheritance of heaven. We are made part of a numerous communion of saints, communion of many nations, if you will. And again, most importantly, we are numbered among the people blessed to have the God of heaven and earth declare himself to be our God. So Jesus was circumcised and marked as one of God's people. The name he is given is Jesus. The name our text says which was given to him before he was even conceived. St. Matthew expands on this a bit for us. He records that he is named Jesus because... He will save His people from their sins. And that is what the name means. Yeshua, from which we get Joshua, Isaiah, Hosea. They're all variations of the same name. Yeshua comes from Yahweh Shuv. The Lord, God, Jehovah, if you will. Shuv, saves is precisely what the name of Jesus means. The Lord saves. And He's given that name because He will save us from our sins lest we get any mistaken notion of what it is that we actually needed to be saved from. Jesus did not receive this name by accident. He didn't get it because St. Mary thought it sounded like a good tough boy's name. God named him that 
And he did it for a reason, because it described the man, the God-man. Jesus is the Lord, and he saves his people from their sins by dying on the cross. So what good does this naming of Jesus do for us? The name of Jesus counts for us when that name is placed upon us. That is the point of the blessing that you hear at the end of the divine service. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. When the Lord commanded the ordained Aaronic priesthood to speak those words upon Israel, when that was commanded in the Old Testament, the Lord promised that as it was done, I quote here, so they will put my name on them and I will bless them with the name of the Lord comes the greatest blessing, the blessing of life and salvation. Greater than all of the this-worldly blessings we can ever receive. The word of the Lord, spoken through the mouth of His servant, does this. And so we have it at the end of our liturgy. At the beginning of our liturgy, we have the name of the Lord again. The name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The name which was put on us at our baptism. And interspersed throughout our liturgy, the phrase, the Lord be with you. To have the Lord upon us is to be certain of our salvation. That's why the Lord marks us with His name at the beginning, at the end, and throughout every divine service where the liturgy is used. No matter how badly a pastor may mess up, and we do, the liturgy speaks the same certain words of the Lord to you. My name is on you. You are saved. You can be sure of this. There are those who would tempt us away from the faithful use of the liturgy. Do not give in. We have a good liturgy. At the moment, we are in a little bit of a transition from a more modern version to an older and our bishop believes more faithful version of the liturgy, but it's a minor change, all things considered. It still puts the name of the Lord on us. I've said it many times. Good liturgies will protect you from bad pastors or from pastors having a bad day. So the name of the Lord is stressed in the divine service because it gives us certainty 
that we are saved. And that is what the name of Jesus gives us. It assures us that He is the Lord who saves us. Now, as I've stressed, that doesn't do us very much good if we don't figure we need saving. No one here is going to be that crass about saying it. But this is why the church has long identified pride as one of the seven deadly sins. A prideful man is one who can't admit he's wrong or even that he might be. A prideful man blames everybody else when something goes wrong. It's never his fault. It's always someone else's. If such a one, and I say man, it can be a woman too, if such a one continues in such a self-deception, he eventually stops admitting even to himself that he is a sinner. And finally, he quits realizing that he is a sinner. So the conscience is seared as it were with a hot iron. The name Jesus means the Lord saves. For Jesus to be the Lord who saves you, there has to be something you need saving from. And that something is sin. Today, a new year begins. After the way the last year ended, I've been looking forward to this. I trust the decisions of God, as we all should. But some of those decisions are harder for us to bear in our fallen state and with our limited wisdom. I would love to declare a moratorium for 2023 on any new wars any new viruses, anybody I love passing away, dying. It doesn't work like that, of course. The state of the world or the nature of life in it does not magically change because we set off a bunch of fireworks at midnight last night. We'll still have disease. We'll still have political divisions and animosities. We'll still have greed and lust and gluttony and wrath and pride and all the other afflictions that sin brings about. We still do. Dear ones in Christ, for all the maladies of life in this world, 
We are given something better than wishful thinking, positivity, unfounded in fact, or stop-gap measure, temporary fixes. To you, as the redeemed of the Lord, yours is the cure. The cure to sin and to all of its consequences. You have the name of Jesus on you. The name that means the Lord saves. The name that means the Lord saves you from your sins and from all of its consequences ultimately. You are baptized into that name. And this very day, you participate in the eating and the drinking of the sacrificed body and the shed blood of Christ by which your sin is and remains forgiven you. Therefore, examine yourselves. Take stock not just of this world's travails or even your own, but rather take stock of your own sins and your struggle to be faithful to the Lord in these difficult days. Look, first of all, for that sin of pride because that will interfere with repenting of anything else. Where there is sin, repent. Confess your sins to Jesus, to the Lord who saves you, the Lord whose body was crucified and whose blood was shed for you. Then as you receive your Lord in a saving and sin-forgiving way throughout the year in word and sacrament, rejoice that He both forgives you and empowers you by His grace to do better, to live according to the new creation that He has already made you in holy baptism. When the Savior Christ our Lord was born, the angels told the shepherds that the baby in the manger was a sign. The saving work wasn't done yet. This was a sign, a sign that would find its fulfillment when Jesus hung dead on the cross. Now on the eighth day, Christ is circumcised. The first wound to His body. The first shedding of His blood. And this points forward. It's a down payment, if you will. Pointing forward to the great sacrifice of His body and the great shedding of His blood that will happen on the cross. By which the sin of the world is paid for and that body and blood then is given to you in Holy Communion. 
As the Christ child is given the name, the name that means the Lord saves, now we call upon Jesus. It is given to Him expressly because He will save His people from their sins and that is you. You and all who confess the name of Jesus, all who have been baptized into the name of Jesus, all who have had the saving name of Jesus, the Lord, put upon them, Happy New Year to you then are the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation to be lived out this year. In the name of Jesus, Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.